Welcome to A State of Mind, a podcast series all about motivating, inspiring, and educating you in the art of selling luxury real estate. This is Diane Hartley, and I'm president of the Institute for Luxury Home Marketing. Today, we're going to be having a very interesting conversation with Andrew Hong, founder and CEO of Toby Agency. But first, just a word or two about our podcast sponsor, Supreme Auctions. Supreme Auctions is the only luxury auction company recommended by the Institute for Luxury Home Marketing. They are widely recognized as the first auction company to design a program to work alongside and in partnership with luxury real estate professionals and their clients. Go to supremeauctions.com to learn more. So welcome back, Andrew Hong. So as I said, Andrew is the founder and CEO of Toby Agency, which is a growth marketing agency headquartered in Los Angeles. In our past discussions with Andrew, he's helped guide us through the use of content marketing and the importance of presenting the right message and the messaging that we use in real estate. However, in this episode, I'll be talking with Andrew about his experience as a new home buyer relocating from Los Angeles to the white hot Salt Lake City area, doing so through the lens of not just the buyer, but as a marketer. I'm sure his insight's going to be really eye-opening, super valuable, and I'm sure also pretty fun. So welcome, Andrew. Welcome back. Hey, Diane. Good to be back. Always good to chat with you on the podcast. And I'm actually really excited for this particular one because I'm going to talk about it more from the eyes of a consumer or a buyer, like you just kind of mentioned. So, uh, and, and obviously real estate has always been kind of near and dear to my heart since we've you know been working with the Institute and just met all the Institute members. So I'm really looking forward to this one. I'm excited for this one. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've been talking for a while about this and your desire to you know, make some, make a change. Um, I, I yeah. think the insight uh, for folks, you know, you, you live in a cool area, LA, you didn't mm-hmm. grow up there. You grew up, no, right? I grew up in Northern California. Uh, my dad got a job transfer to Freddie Mac actually evolved because he's in the mortgage business. Uh, when I was a junior in high school. So this was like, uh, actually 2000. Um, and I finished high school out there. I went to the university of Virginia graduated, lived in D.C., actually bought my uh, home in D.C. This is just before the crash of 2008. We don't call that a crash, right? (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I bought it at the peak, let's just say, when uh, things were a little frothy. (laughs) There we go. Um, Luckily, I bought it in a very strong market, and uh, we we got out of the, we got out of it. Okay. We didn't have to write a check when we sold the sure, house, which right. was, the, was, was the important thing. Uh, and then I moved to LA probably 12 years ago uh, when uh, my wife wanted to, my then girlfriend, now wife wanted to move to LA to, uh, to study shoe design. Um, and that's, that's when, that's basically when we came out to LA and had a kid out here about three years ago. So we started our family out here, you know, uh, it's been a big really, part of our lives. And that's the, the kind of the life change, right? Yeah. That That's right. um, if we really could capture the data, it's the birth data, right? Like birth yeah. to, to three years. And it's like, all right, outgrown the condo, got to get something else. So so you did, you really kind of made a, a a lifestyle decision as well as a financial decision. So yes. you mm-hmm. you checked out how many markets really? I would say, and I 
we talked about this too, Diane. I consulted you, and um, I would say we probably gave three to four markets of a fair shake, and the markets were Salt Lake City, um, Austin, uh, Miami, and Nashville. And by me naming all those names, uh, I probably sound like the most cliche person over the last couple. A little of years. bit, a little <laughs> bit, like just the see where all the marketing <laughs> yeah. moved, right? Yeah. Well, listen, um, you know, many of those wouldn't have been on anybody's list five years ago. Right. Correct. And so I think uh, one of the things our data has shown us, which is extremely fascinating, is that uh, when folks like you and your wife and family enter the, the real estate market at the luxury level, like let's mm-hmm. call it what it is, you're yep. coming in at the at, above the luxury threshold, yep. you have choices. And those choices are not just how you want to spend your money, but it's about where you want to live. Correct. And so yeah. you're you you're kind of like a poster child in a good way uh, for a lot of different trends, and that's that's what I wanted to unpack in this is yeah. is I want to demystify the millennial a little bit, right? You <laughs> yeah, told us I how old you are, right? Yeah, I was born in '84, um, mm-hmm. so I'm 37 now. So I, I tend to skew towards the old. I, I was in the era where we didn't have internet; we had to use dial-up, and I, I was shocked when we had broadband. Right? Right? Uh, right? So I still lived in that era and I remember that very well, but obviously most of my adult life and professional life has been spent in the technology and the internet yep. and smartphones and everything the way they are now. So, yeah. yeah. And and so for you running an agency, the flexibility you have, right? All of yep. these things that have come about in the last couple of years, yep. take, you know, take someone from LA and yep. you're, you're really stepping down in size of market. Yep. And stepping up in a home, because yep. what made when did you kind of make the decision no to LA in this process? Yeah, early? so yeah, great, great, good question. Um, my wife and I actually, so I would say we kind of are in this what we would call like mass affluent category. Yep, you are um, mm-hmm. right, and so you know I'm a business owner. Uh, my wife is a W two. You know she makes she makes good money. You know where she's at. Um, and when we've been actually looking to buy in LA for probably the past three years, and we could never ever get over this hurdle of having, and I'm just going to say this, Diane, like having to buy over a million dollar home and not being happy with the house. Right. You know, right. Uh, right. we would have to compromise on so many things, whether it's the style of the house, the quality of the house, the school district, all these other things. And you know, we work hard for our money, yeah. right? And, you know, with your money going to one of the most important, you know, investments and one that's going to literally put a roof over your head, I want to be comfortable in my house, Diane, you know? Yeah. And so when we started thinking about quality of life, we're just like, hey, you know, where are some other places that our money can go a little bit further? And there's some important things to us, like um, schools the outdoors, uh, infrastructure. I mean, Diane, you know, if you were to talk to me five, 10 years ago before I had a kid and started, or even, you know, before I started thinking about these kind of things, I would have never told you I cared about infrastructure in a city, Diane, right? 
Um, but I am I think cracking as, up because that probably takes Austin out of the picture right, right there, because yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like a mini LA. So, so, but I, yep. but but you're touching upon something important that I want to make sure I go a little deeper on, and this sure. idea that our data shows that people are more willing to compromise and change location than they are any more compromise on the house. Yep. And I think when you when you add that to the sophistication of the what I'll call the 30 somethings, right? And you're really mm -hmm. important in this whole thing because because now you're in the game mm -hmm. and you're going to buy three or four more times. And so the yep. decisions that you make right now are really setting you up for those next three or four. Actually, ex excellent point, Diane. And I'll tell you, it's not just me, but all my friends, yes. right? So most of my, let me give you the profile. A lot of my friends, they're, um, they're, they work at big tech companies. They run venture capital funds. They're investment bankers. They're wealth managers, right? And so, you know, part of this also, after buying in a market like Salt Lake City, I have a little more money left over. Yep. And so now we're now like, okay, how, where, where are other investment properties I want to buy with that money? I don't know what's money sitting there. My friends, when they found out that I was moving to Salt Lake City, three of them were like, hey, we go to Salt Lake every single winter. Why are we not buying a property there too, right? Uh, one of my friends viewing, building a beautiful custom home in Brentwood. Uh, unbelievable. Nice. Like, unbelievable, right? Right. Um, they have to rent, they have to Airbnb a place because they literally have to demolish their place and build it from the ground up. Um, so they were like, oh, we can stay in a, you know, 40, 50,000 a month Airbnb, or we can stay in a 20 or 30,000 a month and have some extra money to go buy a vacation home in Salt Lake City so we can come visit you guys, you know, nice. like that's the calculus. Some of these, like some of my friends are making is that even though one, though my friend in Brentwood, they just have unbelievable amount of wealth but i've got other friends who've moved to places like uh boise before boise got crazy yes. and other places and they, now they've actually uh saved more money and now they're like oh let's go buy like a like a, a one-bedroom condo and or two-bedroom condo in salt lake city we can airbnb it out you know um you know even they're talking about um uh, as our parents my parents are getting older now and they're getting towards retirement age as well and so they just want to travel. And so we're now talking as a family, how do we acquire more real estate in places around the country that we would all just want to travel and go to, you know? So yeah, I think you're, it's you're, been really, yeah, go ahead. All of that collateral information is so critical. And we can pull out three or four things from that, that, you know, you're an anonymous person when you parachute into Salt Lake City, right? When you decided right. on Salt Lake. So right. fast forward, you've said, I'm going to evaluate these other places. LA was in the mix for a minute and a half. The mm -hmm. other ones you took a little bit of a deeper dive on. And now you've decided that it's it's Salt Lake. And now your research really does begin on the actual purchase. And I and I think it's yes. important to distinguish that it's you, you've made an excellent point that it's not just you, it's the circle that you run in, your circle yeah. of influence, the people that you influence, the people who are looking at you in a certain way. And one of the things that you're about to, to tell me, which you know kind of shocked me, because I, I, I put your generation in a different bucket. Mm -hmm. It's how you found the, the actual real estate professional that was going to represent you. So, so how did you 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 yeah. 
started on the internet. Yes. So uh, as you can see from, uh, you know, as you can see from the data that's out there, most people start their buying experience online. I think it was like, I saw 90, a stat, yeah, 90%, 90% or something like yeah. that, right? Number, number. It doesn't matter what age group you are, what demographic you are, you're going to start your research online. So naturally, I go to the second largest search engine in the world, which is YouTube. And I say, hey, moving from California to Salt Lake City. And sure enough, there are some very, very enterprising agents out there who understand SEO. They put great content out there, walking me through all the neighborhoods of Salt Lake City. They put up content there. If you're thinking about moving from Los Angeles to Salt Lake City, here are some of the things you should consider. So those are like really smart SEO things some of these agents did. So I, I would say I spent about two weeks consuming their content, looking at it. And Diane, I will tell you, and actually before I even jump into this, Diane, I never considered trying to do it by myself by like going through a Zillow or like doing right. one of those kind of like not being represented. I didn't even want to bother with that, right. going into a purchase transaction in a market like this, right? So I was like, I need an agent, number one, like, and I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there that millennials don't typically want to work or young these younger buyers may not want to work with the traditional kind of service providers. Uh, I think in this kind of market, how do you win without an agent? I mean, and I'll get to the I'll get to the actual transaction part, uh, but I just want to point that out in the beginning, right? The other, so as I was going through watching all these YouTube videos, um, I was talking to one of my clients who lives in Salt Lake City. And sure enough, he said, hey, my neighbor is a realtor. He has a brokerage. Um, he's got a team around him. Um, you know, he knows the market really well. Do you want to talk to him? I'm never going to say no to my client when he's going to make a referral to me. It's right. rude, right? right? It's just yeah. rude. Of course, I'm going to talk to him. He's your neighbor. He's your friend. You know, of course, I'm going to speak to him. So even if I already had my mindset, you know what I mean? On I want to do this YouTube guy. Um, I, I was going to take that meeting, right? So I took the meeting. We had our normal, like, you know, the, the first consultation. And I got a lot of confidence from him because he was very realistic with me. He's like, Andrew, you're coming from a market where, you know, look, it's a very, it's a, it's a, you probably have a big budget in that market, but don't expect to come to this market and just, be able to get anything you want like right away because it's a pretty hot market here too, right? And so as I talked to him more and built this relationship with him, right, a face-to-face -face or Zoom-to-Zoom -Zoom <laughs> um, discussion with him, I just, there's a psychological thing that happens where you're like, man, this guy Kim's referred from someone that I know and trust that I have a relationship with. He's, we set up an appointment. And now we're talking and it's a little bit, it just feels very, I felt even as someone who's a digital native, it felt weird for me to reach out directly to someone on YouTube that I didn't know that didn't have a referral. And quite frankly, he wasn't talking a lot about the team that he had and how he would service his customers, right? So there's a lot of what I call awareness content to get me to find out about that agent. But there was not enough what I call decision stage content, which is like, oh, now that I found out about you, why do I need to go with you? 
what ended up happening was because I had a referral within a relationship with the person who referred me, uh, it just was a much more powerful kind of way to sync up with this guy and eventually choose him as our agent. And eventually it was his brokerage and his team that we worked with. Um, but even for me as a digital native, I was surprised because I was talking to my wife about it. She's like, wait, you're not going to call the YouTube guy. Like that's your thing. You know, I was like, no, I really like Terry. And, you know, uh, you know, Jeff had introduced me to Terry and, you know, Terry's been living in Salt Lake for the last 20 years. And I just got, you know, I like Terry. I liked him, you know, so let's go with him. And my wife was like, okay, let's do it. But I was, you know, Diane, I, I myself was surprised that I didn't end up going. And I, I, I felt a little bit of like digital marketers remorse by not going with the YouTube guy. Uh, but ultimately, in the end, um, uh, the, the agent that I worked with, just an amazing, amazing resource. It was, a, it was actually a tough transaction. We, 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 put in, we put in a couple of offers, didn't win. I can't imagine it being anything but right now. So... I, yeah. I want to unpack a little bit of this because you gave yeah. us three really key phrases. The third one is hysterical. Okay, <laughs> so so as you were talking, I was I was thinking, okay, so YouTube was a great vehicle to educate you mm-hmm. about the market, and you called that awareness content. Yes, so mm-hmm. critically important for you as you were learning. But then you transitioned into needing what's called decision stage content. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that became almost impossible to find on YouTube. It, it, it's it's hard for the algorithm is going to serve you what the algorithm is going to serve you, right? And the problem is, is that he has calls to actions in his videos that say, hey, if you're moving from another state, you just want to talk to me. Here's my phone number, Right. Um, but for some reason, like that is not enough for me to pick up the phone. I needed to watch a video. It's almost like it was almost like that initial buyer's consultation. He needed to have a almost a video of a mock buyer's consultation that it would have done. And it, that video might have existed there, Diane. But Wait, I didn't SEO, find it. you didn't find it. I didn't find it. Or he didn't point me to that video that, as right. another video down the funnel. Yeah, that's, right? that's this is, um, boy, this is, as, as I've said to you before, you are worth your weight in gold at $2,000 an ounce. Um, that is, <laughs> <laughs> and I've done that math on how much that would be. <laughs> anyway. um, so, so that's really uh, outstanding in, I, I love how conscious you were and are through this process. Um, as, as you said, digital marketers remorse, which is really that was the funny one. I'm going to remember and poke you, poke you later on. So, okay. So, so you, you made the decision to take, uh, to take your friend or your client's referral, which really underscores the importance of how flat the world is now. And I, I, I think that piece right there, if we're speaking just to real estate professionals uh, right now, it's know thy counterparts, okay? Yeah, Because totally. it, someone along the way is going, you know, it's not transactional anymore. It's relationship driven and someone has to give that really great, that, that, was, an, that was probably one of the better referrals I've heard uh-huh. of how the person explained you he explained what you needed mm-hmm, by mm-hmm. explaining 
this person. Correct. That's right? correct. Yes. Um, and so kudos to your client uh, for, for really understanding how to make an appropriate referral. Lots of people don't know how to do that. And I do think in this world, you can train people to do that. You can teach, mm. you can help people be a great referral source for you. And the thing that, that this, this uh, person did and, and for, for, you know, kicks and giggles, you should, you should consider the scope of now how many people you're going to refer and how many purchases, assuming you stay in that area, you're going to make. And even if you move, if this person is truly at the end of all of this is a trusted advisor, you're going to ask him or her, where do I go? So, you know, Diane, that was a big part. I, I don't know anybody. I have a couple of friends and clients in Salt Lake City, but I don't really have a, a network or a tribe there, right? And I always saw and I've said this before on the podcast, is that I've always seen agents as the connectors in your community. You're truly the connectors. Like, I need a, I need a referral to an accountant, a CPA, a lawyer, a wealth manager, a, a general contractor. You know, Terry, my agent or in his brokerage, I mean, they've been amazing working with us. And that actually having those local relationships, right, that was another reason he's like, Hey, Andrew, by the way, you're a digital marketer. Like I actually have a couple of my clients who you need to talk to, right? Yeah, they need too. your help. That's where you start to build your little community and your tribe. And then sure enough, I just referred two of my California friends over to Terry who are looking to buy vacation homes. Just took them out two weeks ago to go look at homes in Cottonwood. Right. So, you know, they're, um, I, I, it's just like kind of part of it is also like, building your personal sphere. And for me, it was like, hey, my agent is now connected to my client, right? My client is talking to my agent a little bit about the business that I do with my client. Now the agent's like, oh, Andrew actually does good work. Like, you know, he, he actually has a company that has some value there. Maybe he can provide value to some of my network as well, right? Well, yeah, and, so, and what he's doing um, extremely well is a couple of podcasts ago that we did on creating loyalty. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So loyalty is the beginning of referring. And yep. so it's it that's that's really incredible. And and so the other point I want to make sure we make is without giving real numbers. I mean, the people are moving. Mm -hmm. It is a it is a fact. It is a phenomenon. It's probably the greatest phenomenon that's coming out of the last couple of years is this massive moving around. Yep. And the dollar is so different depending on the city you're leaving and the city you're going to. And this yep. is going to drive, as I've been sort of saying from the mountaintop for the last few years, the incredible upside of what's going to happen in luxury, right? Because oh, the, yeah. you're, mm -hmm. you're moving into an area that has a lot of new builds and the new yeah. builds are very, very expensive. And some of them are very, very expensive specs, right? Yes, they're, they're, they're like... How do I describe this? They're all there's they're spec homes for sure, but they're teetering into custom home territory sure. with some of the things that some of these builders are doing now. Right. You know? Of course <clears throat> they are, because those are the smart builders recognizing it's all mm -hmm. about being ahead of, right. of what, what's going to, you know, taking a bit of a risk, but understanding that right or wrong, we're not 
going to talk, we're not going to be economists here or social scientists, but, <laughs> but at this time, the homes that are being built in many of these, what we would have historically called secondary markets correct, are now above the luxury threshold of those areas. Now that's not, that's not right. saying they're not building below it. I mean, we can see the fluctuation in the luxury thresholds that we just published, that there are places where there's land that the, the prices are in some, some cases driving down the luxury threshold in a large county. But right. so, so you looked at, you, you spent your time figuring out area first, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. So you said not just Metro Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. But very important to you that if you're going to do this, you want to be around the amenities, the outdoors, the lake, close to skiing, yep. all of those things. So now yep. let's get into um, the amenities you are seeking in the home. Yeah, good call. So um, we had two choices uh, in Salt. Uh, there's Salt Lake County, which is uh, like Salt Lake proper, basically, right? So and that's typically where you would call that the more like urban area and there's some suburbs that kind of like fall out from Salt Lake City. And then 25, uh, about 25 minutes south of Salt Lake County, you've got Utah County. And so uh, at the time we were thinking about buying in Salt Lake County in a specific neighborhood called Cottonwood um, or Draper or Sandy, which are kind of in that area. And what we found was that, yes, for our price range, what we were looking for, um, we could find plenty of homes in that area, but um, they were older homes and they needed some renovation that might need to be done. Um, for my, my wife and I, like, we're not handy people. We're not, we're, we're not, we, we don't like the dust and all that kind of stuff. We're, we're computer people, right? <laughs> um, so I wanted us to go with something that was turnkey, moving ready, ready to go, right? Um, and so we decided that new construction was our preference and that kind of narrowed a lot of options down in the Salt Lake County area. So we decided to move further outside of Salt Lake County into Utah County. Um, and uh, I don't have to commute into work. My wife doesn't either right. do the work from home thing, so it doesn't matter. Um, we're in a community called Saratoga Springs. Um, it's on Utah Lake. So literally I have a view of the lake. I'm five minutes away from a marina. I can boat on the lake. I can fish. I can water ski. So, do you um, do also, any of those things today? We don't do those today. We used mm-hmm. to. Yeah. We used to. We used to. And actually, um, that was. But when we were in Virginia, we used to do a lot of that stuff. Yes. L.A. We didn't. I don't know where to store a boat in L.A. Diane, nope, come on. No. Nope, Give me nope. a break, right? And, and that's what I. <laughs> that's, that's kind of my point, right? And yeah. so when we think about where. Um, where the you know the the real estate professional, the smart real estate professional is focusing their time and energy. Mm-hmm. It's really in figuring out where the puck is going. I hate to use that analogy. We've no. overused it, but but this idea of moving towards where there's growth, because mm-hmm. when when you and I talked about this, and it's clear what you just said, so you know, you're you you weren't seeking perhaps the amenities, the wolf. Sub zero, all those types of nope. things that perhaps if you would have taken the home that needed work, you would have had some built in equity and you could have gone and done those mm-hmm. things. For you, the single most important amenity was new. 
Yeah, correct. So we have like whirlpool, whirlpool appliances yeah, and fine. things like that. It's okay, you know, like it's fine. Uh, yes, I'd love a sub-zero fridge. Yes, I'd like a Viking yeah. range. But you know what? This is not a forever home for right. us, for sure, right? And actually, we were talking, remember when we were, I was kind of going back and forth with the homes. I was like, hey, Diane, I'm thinking about building a custom home. And and actually, the reason why the custom home was just not even an option after that was the supply chain issues we're having right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, they say it's a year. It's probably going to be two, right? Um, but so for us, it was like, it needed to be turnkey. Um, it needed to be uh, new construction. Um, and we just, we were willing to sacrifice some of the true luxury amenities, um, like like you're talking about, the appliances yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Um, we've got like some of... Uh, uh, we have laminate floors in some of the areas as well. So we didn't put in like real hardwood and stuff like that. So, but for us it was like, Hey, for our, the calculus is like, this is like a five-year home for us. Right. And then, you know, obviously we're going to keep building equity. We, we obviously think we're going to be making more money for the future. Right. So we'll trade up. Right. Um, and at that point, maybe that's the, when we start thinking about the custom home, but I just need to get the stress related to, to building or or right, building a custom right. home or trying to renovate an existing one, I just don't have the 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 the, the headspace for that right now. So. Yeah, and I and you know I like to debunk myths and and the myths around luxury is oh it's location and oh it's this and oh it's that or it's this shiny object it's that shiny object and those things are true okay, but y- you know they're also the the one amenity that that continues to in my mind get a little bit lost is what people are willing to do to get a new home. I I think luxury is more about lifestyle, right? Yeah, luxury is about lifestyle. And living in LA, I was not having a luxurious lifestyle. Right, right. right? Um, living in Salt Lake City in a home that actually is at a a lower price point compared to what I'd buy here with the things that I find important to my lifestyle, being able to get to Alta, to Deer Valley, you know, to all these places within yep. an hour, being on a lake, uh, potentially buying an RV or a boat, right? That to me is a lifestyle thing that is luxurious, right? And uh, I think price can sometimes be a weird, and uh, that's why I'm so glad that Institute has these price thresholds by market area because like it's about lifestyle and that lifestyle can cost very differently in different places and so it's really truly i think luxury is about what people are looking for and you're seeing this migration of of people diane it's about people looking for a better lifestyle that's that's what it's about you know i i do i i I think that's that's really clear and and this this idea of how you lived through this consciously. You have not moved yet, okay? I have let's, not. So. Let's be clear. And yep. and I don't, look, I mean, we could spend a whole bunch of time talking about the stress and the challenges. I mean, those <laughs> were all there, okay? Yeah. Your agent your agent represented you well. Yes. And you came away from it saying, whew, valuable human being in the process. And so I, I want to spend our last couple of minutes really talking about two things. The first one is having done this and having done this where you, you've stepped into kind of the first stage of this 
we teach on this, uh, this kind of where you are in the, in the wealth life cycle. Okay. Yep. 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 That you're building now, you, you described uh, this idea we call journeyman, right? The, the, and now you're collecting your friends that are all going to be, uh, you know, where you're headed. It's really fascinating when, when people mm-hmm. describe it, uh, especially when we've just, you know, when people have just trained on it or they're learning and it's like, wow, yeah. that's really real. And you are at a really real point here, which yep. makes you exceedingly valuable to a true relationship building real estate professional. So, so the, the important things that I think people need to hear you say right now is what does this agent need to do next to continue to be liked, trusted, and remembered by you? Um, because he's busy and this becomes a transaction and I'm doing air quotes and we don't want to lose touch with Andrew. What do we need to do to the digital marketer, (laughs) right? That, that if, and when that next time period comes, which as you've said, is probably in the next five years, how, how do we make sure that we're remembered by you? It's all about nurturing, Diane. You've got to continue to nurture me. Right. And what I mean by nurture is like, no, I don't expect you to spoon feed me all these like I had that visual. Thanks things. for clearing that up. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but, but, but truly it's about it's it's about all re- keeping relationships built. And uh, I'll give you a very good example of somebody my agent did. Um, so one of the reasons with the Salt Lake City or the Salt Lake area is just very family friendly. And Terry, our agent, knows this. So he plans a quarterly thing um, for all of his clients and previous clients to come hang out. And so uh, in the summer, it's like at a water park. He buys out a water park, invites all his clients out with their families. Everyone gets to meet each other. Um, he did a, they had like an indoor like trampoline thing like this quarter. Right? And then he does little things like uh, even just after I finished the transaction, uh, if you did a good job, you better be asking for a Google review because I'm going to feel guilty if I didn't give you one. There's this weird thing where we don't ask for reviews sometimes to like help us build like our testimonials and our, and in a lot of ways, like maybe even if that YouTube guide had more testimonials, I might've potentially called him. Right. But you should reach out to them to ask them to help you. Because a, a, a partnership and a relationship is a two-way street, right? Those are the clients you want to keep around, right? Um, you should be e- like using email automation and 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 don't just send them junk information, right? Don't just send them stuff for the sake of sending them stuff. Send them like you might want to set a reminder in your CRM like once a quarter to say, hey, like send some sort of follow-up note to Andrew to ask how his family is doing or how he's acclimating, right? Especially if someone is coming into a brand new market, you might want to set up like a drip sequence that says, hey, at the end of quarter one, um, did they think about tax planning or are they starting to think about a CPA now that they're in a new state, right? Um, at the end of quarter two, hey, how's Koya, your daughter doing? Did she get into daycare okay? Is she acclimated? I know it can be kind of scary. Like those are just the nice little check-ins that, you can use technology to help. Rem- I know all of us are so, look, and especially in markets like this, right? You got to remember to do like one more thing. 
but use technology to help remind you and then delegate some of that work to somebody, right? So like you might have an admin or someone that you can hire part-time to help draft up these little thank you notes to people and then you send them, right? So I think doing physical, like in-person events to gather your clients and your previous clients together, that's worth a marketing budget, right? Because um, not only do they get to network with each other, but you're doing something of value for them that's fun and not business related, right? Right, that's great. And then the other thing I just want to say is like use technology and to remind yourself to send those personal follow-ups that because that will keep you top of mind with those with these folks. And you don't have to do it every month. Do it like once a quarter or once every two quarters. It doesn't need to be inundating people with messages. Well, and right? I think what you said there is you said set your reminders to send a personal follow-up, not personal. an email blast, right? No. So that's good. And and the you know, kind of the last thing when I when I think about this journey right now and the three mm. friends that are now going to do this and then then I'm doing the calculation in my head about <laughs> how quickly how quickly Terry's going to have sold about ten million dollars of real estate to one client and what yeah. began with one right began with one who you know if if you could kind of leave us again all we're trying to do here is myth bust right? Mm -hmm. That your generation doesn't refer people. Everything happens online. If I'm not online, this is, you know, um, if it's that sort of one last thing of how a a real estate professional can decipher these things about you and your ability to be a good referrer, because Mm. this is important. This is like the, uh, this is kind of like the gold in this. So, Yeah, this is a really good question, Diane. So um, when you do your initial consultation with the client, learn as much as you possibly can about that client, right? I mean, that's a no-brainer. Any any good agent is going to do that. You're going to know your customer. But here's some specific questions you ask. So what do your friends do? What kind of professions are they in? You know, and, and, and don't put it in a way like you're digging, you know, like put it more in the way like what, like. Who who are your friends and like what do you guys do together? Right? And aren't they like, going guys... to miss you when you move? Yeah, you know, like that that kind of thing. Right. Next skilled, question. skilled skilled questioning to uncover really who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, because the one of the bad sides that most people don't think about is um, there are people who refer you business that you don't want. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I know. Okay. I, and so we, we that, all know that. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep, and yep. so, but how do you really, um, so, so he served you well mm-hmm. and you felt comfortable coming back and saying, I'm going to give you my friends, take care of them. Mm-hmm. And we're going to keep playing this game, you know, till the end of time. So, so I think, um, you and know, it's not just my friends, Diane, it's my yeah. parents yep. and my wife's parents too. Mm-hmm. They're buying homes there now too. Yes. You also ask, what is your family, your extended family situation like? You have bro- my brother. My brother is thinking about buying a place. So, now, so right? what would have been, because I always want to put up the glamour don't here, right? You don't say, what are they doing? And oh, don't forget to refer them to me. That yeah, they, yeah, yeah, You cannot course. say that, right? Yeah. Because yeah, that yeah. would have turned you off. No, no, it would have. But I think that you're, you're, you're talking about skilled questioning, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, 
how do I just gather information about this person's life situation? What is their setup like, right? What is their sphere of influence sort of look like, right? And because I'm an entrepreneur, I know a lot of people. I just have to do it as part of my job, right? Right. So maybe you start asking more questions about their business, right? Um, you know, um, who like who are the types of clients you work with? Where mm-hmm. do they live? Are they across the country? Are they local? Right? Mm-hmm. Your friends and your family, are they in your city or do they live somewhere else? Right. Um, and and I think the I think the importance of saying this, right? The table stakes are he served you well. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the yeah. first step. In a really yep. crazy market, he showed his value in in times keeping you under control, right? Because you're just a yep. human being. Yeah. Yep. So this was great. And I, you know what, this thing just just wants a follow-up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So when uh we we will visit again, I I think this was terrific. And I I I really uh thank you for sharing all of these great insights and the things that we learned about that that decision stage content is so critical. Um, you got to so, finish yeah. the funnel. You got to finish, finish the funnel. The funnel. From it's the like digital you, marketing guy, finish the yeah. funnel. Yeah. Finish the funnel. Right. Well, thank you, my friend. Uh, uh, we no really problem. appreciate you. Cool. Thanks, Diane. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of A State of Mind, The Art of Selling Luxury Real Estate. If you're interested in learning about the Institute, you can find more at luxuryhomemarketing.com. If you like what you just heard, please share with a friend and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thanks for listening.